Hello, and welcome to the IMG podcast, where we are dedicated to empowering international medical graduates across the globe through deep diving conversations, inspirational stories, analysis of match trends, and well beyond. Our mission is to help you learn what it takes to succeed and to thrive as an international medical graduate by providing you with comprehensive residency program research, educational resources, and an inspired community. We help IMGs accomplish their dreams of matching into medical residency in the USA. So sit back, relax, and tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are in the world. It is your favorite IMG podcast host, Tiffany, here with another episode for you today on this Good Friday. And we have a great episode today because I'm not sure if you know. Um, one, I have a special guest who's always special when she comes on, Dr. Isha Jane. Dr. Isha Jane, how are you doing today? Good, good. Hi, nice to meet everybody. hope everybody's doing well. Yes, Thank yes. You for Thank you for coming on. Thank you for always being available. And yes, my new IMG podcast audience out there, we like to have special guests that we call our Match a Resident Ambassadors. And I know you want to be one. So just make sure that you stay tuned and we can tell you how to drop in our DMs. Okay. Um, but today is actually Think a Resident Day. Um, on Friday, February 24th. So when you're listening to this, if you're listening on Friday when it drops, hey. it is Thank a resident day. So thank you, Dr. Isha Jane, for all that you do. Thanks to all the residents. It's, I don't know, it's, it's so different when you're a medical student. And then when you're on this side of the map, you really see what residents have to go through on a daily basis. No, and honestly, um, yeah, I'm. it should be longer than just a day. It should be every day. I know, I know. Well, well glad you said that because Match a Resident is trying to get a residence week going. So just stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. Um, but I can say for myself, from a personal standpoint, that I have worked with dozens of residents. And I can say that I've actually had procedures done by my residents over my attending physicians. And, you know, everything came out great. So, you know, I respect the work that you do. And to me and to a lot of patients, we don't think of you as residents. We think of you as Dr. Jane, right? You know what I mean? Even though we know that you know that you're in training. A lot of patients actually don't know that, even though we present ourselves and say, you know, we're residents and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so here's just a little information for all of you on the backgrounds of Think of Resident Day, because maybe you know about it, maybe you don't. But this is an <laughs> annual day led by the Gold Humanism Honor Society to recognize resident physicians and celebrate their contributions to humanistic care, which I couldn't agree with more. And this was actually started in 2018. So it's not, it's not that old, right? It's fairly new. And yeah. this society is part of the Gold Foundation. And you can definitely do your Google research and look up more of that if you're interested. Um, but they decided to bring to light the importance of resident staff and encourage medical students and chapters throughout the nation to show their gratitude and appreciation, which is what this episode is dedicated to today. And so this actually expanded. I didn't know this until I was doing my research. They have hundreds of chapters and institutions around the country who participate, over 500 to be exact. So all of you out there in the audience, if you have appreciation for a resident in your life, make sure you throw up a post and hashtag think a resident and match a resident. And you can also tag if you're interested, 
Gold Foundation, which is at G-O-L-D-F-D-T-N. And of course, always tag Match a Resident. So we all know that you are participating in this special day and hopefully it applies to you or will apply to you in the near future. And I'm also, I don't know, Dr. Jane, what do you think? I think I'm going to throw up a story and ask everyone to drop someone they appreciate and kind of just throw it up. Yeah, brilliant idea. And so well said, Tiffany. Um, And I think the basis of every great resident is a great educator. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely thank a resident. And I'm so happy to be one. No, I was going to ask you. So what do you think this day means? And you kind of already answered it, but in terms of recognizing our community, our medical community and training, because I do feel like I didn't even know this day existed. And so I know the work that you do and the years that you put into it to become an attending physician. So what does this day mean to you that I am dedicating this episode to you right now? I think a lot of it, what it means to me being a resident is being responsible and professional in other people's like lives, like their medical lives or like healthcare. And for me, that's something I never experienced as a medical student. Um, Right. right. Being able to have that connection with patients and really have an influence in how they progress in their medical disease and talk with patients when it's like the hardest time of their lives. It's, it's very different. And I think that it, you have to adapt these skills as you go through residency, because these are such important skills when it comes to like being a resident. I agree. And I also want to say too, and I mean, not that, especially in the medical community, you don't look for accolades, but it never hurts to be recognized for the work that you do. And so I think that's what this Think A Resident Day is about. With that being said, I don't want to put you on the spot and you can always nominate yourself. Is there any resident in particular, or even maybe a resident that you were working with as a medical student that you were like, you know what, this person is amazing. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to right now on the IMG podcast who is going to go down in history as (laughs) Think A Resident Aficionado for February 24th, 2023? Yeah, I I honestly would love to thank all my co-residents. They are phenomenal in each and every way. And I think when you have a good team that really carries you when you do feel burnt out. I think also a lot of the co-residents that I've been able to meet like on off-service rotations and they're like having them as seniors in my like education of being a physician really advanced me. So in particular, like, Really shouting out my favorite. I don't want you to, I don't want you to blast someone and then everybody else get jealous. But I mean, really, if you know them, like from people that I never even like thought I would interact with, um, like ortho anesthesia, surgery Mm -hmm. residents, and my co residents, it's just really been those are the people you see on a daily basis and they really make or break your experience. And if it wasn't for my co residents, I really would be a lot more burnt out. I can only imagine. So you heard it here first. Everyone that is working with Dr. Isha Jane right now, she is shouting all of you out. I am excited about it. I know you should be, okay? Always. Everywhere. They deserve a shout out. Like everybody is putting in hard work every single day. Like we all, everybody. Shout out to every resident. There we go. Shout out to all the residents. Okay, this episode is for you. So again, thank you for that. And thank you for being you and thank you for the work that you do. Now, this episode isn't going to be that long, guys, one, because Dr. Jane has work to do. Okay. I mean, you know, I can talk all day, but I'm not going to keep up her time. But (laughs) so February also happens to be Black History Month. And so I want to take a moment and just give 
celebration, not only for all of my residents, but I also want to celebrate Black history in medicine. And so I just pulled out a few fun facts. I'm pretty sure a lot of you already know this because it's just part of medical history, but I'm going to tell you some things that I learned about and things that I think should be celebrated. So just give me like a little spiel minute while I go through these. And then I'm going to talk about diversity, which I think is very important, especially for my IMG audience and community. So these are things that, you know, I think are important because they set the foundation for diversity in medicine, especially in the United States. Um, The first African-American to earn a formal medical degree graduated in 1837, Dr. James McCune Smith, and he was an abolitionist, but he also was the first African-American to earn a medical degree. And so at the time, as I'm sure we all can imagine, um, American universities did not admit non-whites. So he went to the University of Glasgow, Scotland. So talk about being an international medical graduate. Come on, Dr. James McCune Smith. Um, But when he returned back to New York, hashtag, I love New York. I love New York. Um, After he came back from completing his education, he became the first Black physician to publish articles in U.S. medical journals. And so I want to give Dr. James McCune Smith his flowers right now for being the first African-American to go to medical school. Now, now let's talk about the first African-American to go to medical school in the U.S. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. We keep going. We're going up. So that was Dr. Samuel Ford McGill. Um, who earned distinction of being the first black man to graduate from the from an American medical school, which he graduated from in 1839 from Dartmouth Medical School. So I want to give him a shout out for being the first one to get that degree on U.S. soil. Wow. Because myself and Dr. Jane are women, I know you didn't think I was going to leave out our women history, okay? I know women's history is in March, but it's every day for me. So uh, Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler, was the first African-American woman in the U.S. to earn a medical degree, which she earned in 1864. And she's the only African-American, African-American woman to graduate from the New England Female Medical College. And it closed in 1873. So before it closed, she was the only African-American to go there and actually finish medical school. And so actually, if any of you know me from previous uh, podcast situations I do, I always talk about uh, Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler. So um, so that's my Black history spiel. Um, I hope you all out there, if you didn't know that you learned a little bit of Black history, especially when it comes to medicine. And if I could have a longer podcast, I literally was trying to think about how far can I go? Because I wanted to give so much history out there just in terms of my international medical graduates. I was trying to find history across the world, but it would take me literally all year. So I don't know, maybe I'll just drop some IMG facts on my future um, podcast episodes, just because I think we want to keep that momentum going, that we can always be that face of change, right? It doesn't stop. We always can make history. Exactly. Yeah. Where we Absolutely. So, so now, um, what, you know, what I wanted to get into uh, right now, so I, you know what, Dr. Jane, how is your how was your patient population? Is it pretty diverse where you are in your community? So, yeah. And the reason why I, you know, chose a place like Cooper or in general prioritize like residencies like this is because I wanted to work in an underserved area and we have a heavy, diverse, mixed population. I get to work at a federally health qualified center called Cam Care, and sure. we see African-American patients, patients off the streets because we accept everybody doesn't matter your insurance. If mm-hmm. you have we see we see Hispanic populations, a lot of refugee from Afghanistan. And it's 
really a very diverse community. And for me, that's really important because diversity doesn't just mean like inclusion of race, but just mm-hmm. your gender, your disability, your social and socioeconomic status. And you can really see that level exactly where I'm at. Right. And, you know, I I don't like to always give a plug, but I do. Um, so I do want to talk about personal statements really quickly because it yes. is a time for some of you. You know, I do find that a lot of our clients who use the residency statement service, a lot of you out there want to work in underserved communities. You want to do a lot of acts of service. And I think I read that this past incoming class of 2020, 2021, did over 115 million hours of community service. So I know that you all believe in service out there in my audience. And so I want you to realize that when you are writing your personal statement, of course, you're going to be unique. You are a unique figure. But saying that you want to work in underserved communities is not a cliche and it's not a generic sentence. I just want that to go out there when you're thinking about writing because if that's what 100%, really- 100%. Right. Yeah, it's not cliche. And it's actually important to recognize that aspect that that's what you love to do because that's a lot of what you're going to see. Right. Right. And so I I had, um, you know, a client that just was like, you know, this just kind of seems like it's, you know, generic. And I totally get that. I am someone who writes and I am all about the client. The client's always right. But if your story is true, it's not generic. So if you do want to work in underserved communities and you do want to do access community service and residency, that is 1000% what you want to put in your personal statement, right? Uh, so I just wanted to put that out there. So yep. if you're doing residency statement, we'll be here for you. Um, but I also and want to talk about diversity. I think Black History Month is diversity month, right? I'm pretty sure there's a yeah. month of diversity because we have so many things. But what I did is I went to the um, American... Association of American Medical Colleges. I like to get my stats from there just because I know they're official. Yep. And so I wanted to kind of see what the 2022 stats were in terms of diversity. And mm-hmm. it looks promising. We can always do better. That's why okay. I am pushing for all of my IMGs out there because we want you here. I want you here. Exactly. Um, so in terms of race and ethnicity, the number of Black or African Americans enrolled in US-based medical schools made up 10%, which is okay. up from 9.5% in the 2020-21 academic year. So a 0.5% increase, but that could mean thousands of enrollees, right? And so I always I always talk about this book too called How to Lie with Statistics. So if you look at it at face value and say, well, what's 10% if it was just 9.5% last year? But that could be 1,000 or 2,000 people who are enrolled in medical school right now. So don't ever look at a number and think that it's not significant because it mm-hmm. actually is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Hispanic, Latino, or of Spanish origin, they increased their enrollment by 4%, making up 12% of total enrolled medical students in 2021-2022 season. I think that's amazing. But wow. like I always said, there is always work to be done. So my American Indian and Alaskan natives out there who want to go to medical school, I'm going to need you to strap up and let's get this going because your enrollment actually declined by 9% meaning you only comprised of 1% of total enrolled medical students. And again, that could be thousands and thousands of medical students. And I am totally, totally proud of you. But we want to make that number increase, right? We always want our diverse populations to be reflective of the people that we treat, right? So you don't want mm-hmm. it to be a you know, a monopoly of just one, one certain group. Exactly. 
Exactly. Come on, Dr. Jane. I know you're with me on this. Um, I homework. I did my homework. Okay. So I've just been like, you know, up all night. Um, in terms of gender, which is something I'm really, really a proponent of. So women, we are continuing to make gains even in 2022, 2023. We are 57% of the applicants that, that applied for uh, medical school, and we made up 54% of those that were enrolled. And so being over 50% is a huge, huge wow. from where we came from, right? Amazing. Like, I know, I know. I just, I love to see, I love to see everyone. I really do, but you know, I love, I love my women. Okay. Um, in terms of diversity, I want all of my non-traditional medical students and international medical graduates to listen to me. Okay. Matriculated students, medical students, ranged in age, this is from 2021, 2022 year, from 17 years old to 53 years old, okay? Including 677 people over the age of 30. So this is for all of you non-traditional students and IMGs out there that think, you know, I'm an old graduate or it's, you know, maybe it's too late for me. It is never too late never. to follow your dreams, nope. right? And so that never, right there, ever. right? I, I just was amazed when I saw that. Um, it's it's never too late to go back. So that's that's amazing. Um, and also for my international medical graduates out there, in 2021, you made up almost 23% of all the medical residents in U.S.-based medical schools, with about one-third of you specializing in internal medicine, which is great because we need internal wow. medicine out there um, because it keeps us healthy. And so, you know, I, I always wanted to end it with my international medical graduates because I love to give you words of encouragement. And so what I found is that one in five uh, U.S. physicians were born and educated abroad. That's one in mm -hmm. five. That's a huge number. Yeah. And I read this quote from the AAMC, the Association of American Medical Colleges, Chief Healthcare Officer, Dr. Jonathan Jeffrey. And this is what he said. And I like to paraphrase, but I'm going to quote what he said. Foreign physicians who come to the U.S. contribute in many crucial ways. At the most basic level, they provide care that people need, both during residency and, of course, for most cases, their entire professional lives. And I just think that is so important because mm -hmm. even though the percentage of IMGs out there, and we always talk about how it's harder and more complex and more difficult to get our residencies, but know that you're important. And here's why. Okay, here's why. Right now, I don't know if everyone knows that the U.S. is grappling with a severe physician shortage, right? So right now, they are more than 17,000 primary care practitioners needed and more than 8,000 mental health care practitioners. And by 2034, it's estimated that we are going to be short some 124,000 physicians, okay? So when you think about those numbers, there is a place and a space for you because we need you here. All right. So keep pushing. I know that those rank order lists are getting in. I know I keep talking about it and y'all want me to shut up, but I never will until March 1st. So get over it. Um, get those rank order lists in and no matter the outcome, keep pushing, keep pushing. Okay. So my question is, what do you think um, in terms of diversity for the future, but also what was your personal experience as a woman, um, or if you identify as a minority, what has diversity meant for you and how has that experience been like in medical school and residency? Right. I mean, that is 
a huge question. And I think for me, what diversity has meant to me is that I can connect with different cultures and be understanding of their barriers to medicine. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what socioeconomic class you are or race or gender, even like um, how you identify it's the fact that you need to be understanding of every single person's barriers to healthcare and, and America and where I come from Canada, we have so many different people from so many places all around the world. That is our patient population. And we have to understand what they need from us. And by doing that, we create that trusting physician patient relationship that provides like great medical care and for me, that's really what diversity means in medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I can really truly understand somebody else's barriers, but I can definitely get to a level where I, I should be able to understand in some capacity in order to give them great medical care. No, that's great. Thank you so much for that. Because I believe the thing about diversity is that everybody experience is a contribution to the collective, right? Yes. And, so and everybody needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think one of the biggest things I've seen in my residency is like when I make a patient feel understood, they want to open up, they want medical care, they understand it, they're trusting. And yep. yeah. No, that's absolutely true. And so I, I found this article um, with these, uh, they were presidents across national student associations and medical schools across the country. And for them, Diversity means a population that reflects the rich and complex social, ethnic, cultural, and racial makeup of our nation. This includes students from underrepresented group underrepresented groups whose lived experiences offer particular insight into healthcare. And I believe that everyone and everyone's um, life experience is your experience, right? That that leads into your professional experience, and everyone has a contribution to make. And you know, I just want and I hope, and that's why I love having this podcast and having Match Resident and our services for international medical graduates, that there is a space for us as a collective, but we're also part of a larger collective, right? We are part yeah. of a medical community that spans across all races, all genders, you yeah. know, ethnicities, right? And so, you know, I just think that part of Black history for me is talking about diversity and how that, you know, includes everyone. Um, and so that's just something that I like to talk about. I want to thank you for being on here. I told you I wasn't going to take up too much of your time. Thank you. No, as always, it's a pleasure. I'm sure I'll be hitting you up for more episodes. So just yeah. keep that inbox open. Um, and also for my IMG audience out there, if you have any special circumstance or experience in t- in terms of diversity or, you know, what it meant for you in medical school, what it means for you in medical school and in residency. I am always open to that. Um, make sure that you, you know, follow us on all of our social platforms. And I think I'm definitely going to drop a, a story tomorrow. So make sure you go to my story so you can answer my questions that I have for you. And with yeah. that, Dr. Jane, I want to thank you. Thank you again for being a resident as Think a Resident Day is still happening right now for the next 24 hours. And, and enjoy it. Some ice cream or something. No, no, but I just wanted to thank you for having this podcast and like enlightening people or educating people on like Black History Month and Black History Month in medical field mm-hmm. and thanking residents. Uh, it's really nice. 
right now. Thank you, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. I hope I I wasn't too pushy. I'm hoping that you're taking a break. I know it's coming down to the wire, but I don't want you to let those emotions get the best of you. But next week, we're back on it. Okay, so y'all better be ready because Tiffany will be acting like your mother all over again. Um, (laughs) All right. So again, Dr. Jane, thank you. And until next time, okay? Next time. Thank you. All right. Cool. This concludes our IMG podcast episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss any new releases. Learn more about our services on www.matcharesonant.com and follow us on social media at Matcharesonant on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Until next time, try to get some sleep between rounds.